0: Wasn't that a great time of worship yeah let's that uh, that hymn was uh, written by a guy named Horatio Spafford and uh, the reason I think that some songs kind of hang around longer than others is they've got a they've got a story they've got an anointing and a story and a power behind them and uh, that the story behind that particular hymn is, uh, he had he was uh, traveling separately from his family, and there was uh, his family was on a, a ship, and, and he, uh, the ship went down, and he and he lost he lost several of his children, and uh, and he was really really wrestling with that, and so he he went to the ocean, and he and he he asked the Lord to help him, and he sat down and he wrote that song like in the middle of his grief and in the middle of his pain, uh, he, he was able to, to say, because I have Jesus, it is well with my soul. And uh, I think that's what makes that, that hymn that we sang so powerful. It comes out of a, a deep place of faith in somebody's life. And uh, so I, uh, for those of you who, I, I know a lot of you, for those of you who uh, I don't know. My name is is Mike, and uh, and I, t- I teach at a, a Bible college. And you might, you might think that uh, you might have like some stereotypes about what that means. Like maybe I come from like five generations of preachers, you know, whatever, and grew up in the church. But uh, but actually, I didn't grow up in the church at all. I uh, I grew up. Uh, my dad got turned off to religion. It was kind of shoved down his. His throat when he was younger and so he got turned off to religion and so he he raised us to like not go to church at all I went to church when somebody got married or somebody died and and that was it and uh, and it was it was uh, it was a Friday night but it was in a, a situation a, a setting a lot like this one that uh, I I I heard the gospel and uh, and it was the classic story of of like the room fading away and it was like it was like the speaker was speaking right to me, and I was like, you know, how does how does he know what's going on in my life? And uh, and and I, I gave my life to Jesus. I was 24 years old, and I gave my life to Jesus, and uh, and I have never recovered. I have never recovered from from that night. I've had ups and downs, and you know, uh, but. But I can honestly say that the presence of the Lord has been has been real in my life, like ever since ever since that night. And so, so it's all about Jesus. It's it's all about Jesus, and uh, and so I want to take us tonight in the Scripture. I want to take us to uh, a simple story about Jesus, and it's the story of of some disciples in a storm, and uh, we will see what we will see what it uh, it can mean. Uh, for, for us tonight. And so in, in Matthew chapter 8 and uh, verse 23, it says, Then Jesus got into the boat. They're on the Sea of Galilee, a place where storms come up really suddenly and, uh, and, and they're, they can be really intense. And it says, The disciples followed him, and then suddenly a furious storm came up on the lake so that the waves swept over the boat, but Jesus was sleeping. And the disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We're going to drown, which probably sounded a lot more like, Lord, save us. We're going to drown, you know, like something like that. And he replied, you have little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. And... uh we kind of read that in church like that's a normal story. This is a crazy story, right? Like he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it became completely calm. And the men were amazed and they asked, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. And uh, I want to suggest to you tonight that, that the winds and the waves, they, they still obey Jesus. They still obey Jesus. And so I want to talk about uh, winds and waves and uh, and worship and, and our witness. And uh, I want to talk about how God always has tangible grace. He always has grace for us, even during terrible times, even during times that, that are not like good, good seasons in our life. He has grace for us in terrible times. And... Uh, I don't know if you know this, but but bad times for the world are good times for the gospel, right? Like like uh, I don't like I don't know uh, what the last two years have been like for you, but they've been a little rough, right, for for a lot of us. And I can't imagine going through that time without Jesus. And uh, and and it's still even today. Uh, there's uh, like yesterday in in. Uh, in Buffalo, there was uh, like another one of those mass shootings in the in the U.S. And it just seems like it seems like we get like a bad piece of news just like one one after another, and uh, it's easy to get discouraged when when you hear things like that, and uh, and so we need to we need we need God's grace uh, in order to navigate the storms that we go through, and so I want to talk tonight uh, kind of a little bit a little bit about that. And so the first thing I want us to notice in the story is that the disciples are—they're following Jesus. They get into the boat because Jesus got into the boat. And so, following Jesus, going after God in our lives, doesn't exempt us from the storms. It doesn't exempt us from the winds and the waves. Uh, we we all go through that whether we're whether we're Christians or not, and. Uh, you know, over the over the last like twenty months or whatever it is, we we know about waves, right? Because we've had waves of COVID, right? And it's kind of like, uh, you know, it got to summer and we were like, no more COVID, we. You know, it's like here comes another wave. No, you know, the, like we we've been we've been riding those waves, right? The waves and and uh, and the winds of adversity, the winds of the winds of war have been blowing in our world. The winds of of violence, uh, like all kinds of Bad news and it can it can be overwhelming. What what happened to the disciples is they're in the boat and the storm comes up very suddenly. They're blindsided, they're not expecting it, and the waves are washing over the boat. It's literally overwhelming to them. And sometimes life can be like that. And you know, I know some of you probably, probably have been on more boats than I have. Like I'm a city boy, so I don't uh, I don't have a lot of experience, but I do. I do have a, a one time when, when I was overwhelmed. My wife and I, Colleen, we were, we were in uh, Puerto Rico, and we were uh, like on the side of Puerto Rico where there's a lot of big waves and a lot of surfing and stuff, and, uh, and where we were, there, there was like some guys up on like a rock. The, the waves were breaking against the rocks, and, uh, and we noticed that these guys were up there like doing the Instagram thing. They were like taking pictures of each other, and the, as the waves would hit, they wouldn't come over the rock. They would hit the rocks, and then splash straight up in the air. So you get these really cool pictures with like a wall of water behind you while you posed for Instagram. And uh, and we thought, well, that's cool. So I went up to them and I said, hey, like, it's safe to do that, right? And they're like, oh, yeah, we do it all the time. And I was like, well, here, could you take my picture? And I, 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 I kind of put a setting on where you took a lot of rapid pictures. And, and I, had, I had really no knowledge that there were things called rogue waves that that go, they're waves that go rogue. They, they like, you know, a bunch of waves come together, and they're bigger and stronger and higher. And so we just happen to get up there. We're posing. The guys, guys you know, got, got my phone, and we're posing. And, uh, and this one wave, instead of hitting the rock and splashing right up behind us, it, it, comes like, it comes like right over the rock and right over us. And the rocks are all kind of like jagged. And so we have nice, we have pictures like this, and then pictures like this. And then pictures like this, and then pictures like us running towards the camera, like trying to, and and we, you know, we we're down on the rocks. We got cut and scratched. We were literally like overwhelmed. We we kind of like limped out of there with our pictures, you know, like, and uh, that was. I was like, oh, okay, that's what it feels like to be to be overwhelmed. And uh, and sometimes discouragement is like that. Sometimes you're just you know posing for your Instagram life. And like, you know, like out of nowhere, you're just kind of blindsided uh, by, by these things that, that you really weren't expecting. And uh, the, the crazy thing about this story, what are the, it's, it's, actually, it's actually kind of funny. Jesus is in the boat. All of this is going on. Jesus is in the boat, and he's sleeping. That must have been really annoying to some of the disciples. Like, they look over. Because I don't know about you, but I want, like, sometimes if I'm panicking, I want God to join me. My prayers are like, you're not going to believe what's going on down here, God. Like, you know, like as if he didn't know, right? And, and I want God, like, to, like, join me and kind of worry with me. And surprisingly, he never does. He's completely calm. And so uh, sometimes, I don't know if you've ever felt like this, but sometimes it can, it can seem like when our life is going crazy, like, and, and things are happening, like, it's like, God, are you, are you sleeping? God, are you up there? Like, what's going on? It can seem like... It can seem like Jesus is sleeping, and uh, and 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 he just he won't join us kind of in our in our worry, and so the disciples do a very smart thing; they go they go and they wake up Jesus, like, "Lord, save us! We're going to drown," and uh, that's a, that's a, a, a smart thing for them to do. And uh, this is going to sound heretical, but just for a minute, okay? So. Uh, don't, like, post it anywhere or anything, but we've got, to, we've got to wake up God with our prayers. We've got to wake up. Like, the disciples woke up Jesus. We've got to show God sometimes. Where, like, when we're in trouble, we've got to show God that we're serious, like, with our prayers. And I don't think it's really like we're waking God up. I think what happens is, like, we're waking our faith up. We're getting intense in our prayers, and we're waking up, like, our own faith in order to be able to, to trust God. And and so uh, I, have this, uh, I have this, I have this, I have like seven grandchildren, but there's this one little guy, uh, our, our daughter out in California, she she fosters to adopt, and she's adopted this uh, little guy named Jer, and uh, Jer is hilarious, Jer is like this big, he's three years old, but he's really, really small, but uh, he's got a great big afro, like the afro is bigger than him, and uh, and he's just like the cutest little kid. And, uh, and, they, and they like to go, as a family, they like to go hiking. And so they, they bought him like this little camelback. It's the smallest camelback. You know, those things you, you strap on, you can like suck the water through the, through the little hose. Like they bought him the smallest one of those I've ever seen. And he got, he got it for Christmas. We were with him. He got it for Christmas. And he, and he immediately put it on. It was like he was wearing it all Christmas Day in the house, right? And i like, you know, sucking water through it and stuff. And he's like, he's, he's got this, I don't know where he picked it up, but he's got this, fr- this new phrase that he says. And the phrase is, I got this. I got this. And he's like one of those kids that, like, he doesn't want any help with anything. He wants to do everything himself. He's really independent. So we're hiking up, like, he's hiking up rocks that are, like, five times as big as he is. And you're trying to help him, and he's like, "I got this right and and I'm looking down and I'm going like, "No, you don't got this, you don't got this and I wonder sometimes if that's what if that's what we're like with God, like we're facing the problems of our lives, right? and we're going like, "I got this, right and God is going, No, you don't like you you don't you don't got this at all like you you really you really need my help and uh and and so we've gotta wake up God with our prayers. I don't know if you if you saw any of the any of the, like the video on, on YouTube and stuff of of uh, the Ukrainians like worshiping and, and praying to God like in, in subway stations and, and underground. It's like very, very moving, like the resilience, the the faith of the people in the midst of in the midst of the crisis. I believe that, that every in every circumstance in life, we're, we're either, like, building, building fear or building faith. And we think of, like, why does God let us go through hard times? Why does he let those storms come in? Uh, what, what is it, what is it that, that he's up to here? Like, why did Jesus, Jesus answers their prayer, but but he also calls them out. He says, you have little faith. You have little faith. Why are you so afraid? Satan loves to play on our fears. And and God loves faith. I don't know if you if you've noticed in the Bible, but if there's one thing that always gets Jesus' attention, it's faith. When Jesus senses faith, he's like he stops and, and he looks at the person who is who is displaying faith. There's something about faith that really draws God's attention. And we live in a very fear-based Kind of culture, and people will actually get mad at you. I don't know if you've ever been around worriers, and they want to like they they just want to like focus on the problem and the worry. And if you won't join them, they get really mad. They get like angry at you if you won't if you kind of won't kind of won't go there with them, and uh, and you won't uh, kind of panic with them. And uh, the waves are not waves are not just good for drowning. Waves are good for surfing. Like, we can, we can get, God can allow us to get on top of our circumstances, to get on top of the, of the, the things that are, that are kind of scary. And uh, the disciples were, man, they were feeling the wind and the waves. This was real. They were feeling the wind and the waves. There was a, there was a, a scientific experiment uh, called Biosphere 2 that happened out, uh, they, they built one, uh, like, out in the desert in the U.S., I don't know what this, I read about Biosphere 2. I don't know what happened to Biosphere 1 like this, but there was a 2. And what happened in 2 is like they were trying to create this perfect atmosphere where, uh, where, where everything in it, like the trees and, and the plants and everything, could grow to their maximum capacity as quickly as possible. And And what happened was the trees did grow really, really fast. But when they got to like, Uh, a certain point, when they got to a point that was like almost maturity, the trees just started to fall over. And nobody could figure out, like, why are the trees... We've got everything in here perfect. Why are the trees falling over? And it took them a while to figure out, but what they discovered was that uh, there was no wind in Biosphere 2. And the wind, the resistance of the wind create something on trees called stress bark, and stress bark makes trees stronger so they can stand up to resistance and to the wind, and with the lack of that, you know, they looked really healthy and really strong on the outside, but they would just fall over, and I think God allows us to go through stresses and, and strains and, and to feel the winds and the waves because he's building the stress bark in us. He's make, he wants to make us stronger. He wants to make us stronger so that we won't be overwhelmed by, uh, by the things that, that come at us. And uh, I, I kind of, if I had one piece of advice to give to people, it would be like, do not make your problems your friends. Like, do not make the things that Satan throws at you your friends. You know how sometimes we say, like, my addiction or my illness, you know, we, we take them on as identities, and the Bible promises to deliver us from our enemies, but it never promises to deliver us from our friends. Those those things are not your friend. Like, don't make friends. Like, be careful what you invite to your table. Do not make friends with the things that Satan throws at you uh, and that, and that want to take you away from God. And so... The Bible is kind of like, I look at the Bible as my restraining order against discouragement. Like when things are hard and discouragement comes knocking, it's kind of like, I'm sorry. You can't come around here no more. We don't have a relationship. Like I've got a restraining order against you. It's like a restraining order of faith. Because I got all these promises in the Bible about how God loves and cares for me and all the details of my life and, and 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 Jesus' plan and His will for for my life, and uh, and so every circumstances in in life they're either building fear or faith. I was recently uh, on a a mission trip to Honduras, and I can honestly say that uh, for some reason on this particular trip, I don't know if it was like the desperate state of the world or the fact that. The people we were ministering to just didn't have any other options. I saw God do more miracles, like in in those eight days in Honduras in March, than I have in the whole rest of my life. Like it was crazy. We saw people healed of very very serious kinds of things, and uh, our our uh, translator Hoel was also a pastor, and uh, he God is about 3 years ago God gave him the gift of healing and uh and it's a very real thing and I know him mean, he's like a solid Christian so I just started releasing him to like hey man if you want to pray for people like we'll call him forward and and we'll we'll pray over us, and I got uh we were in church one day and we were praying for this like we prayed for an hour for like all these people and uh there were there were two men who were like really really sick with covid they probably shouldn't have been in church but but they were uh and, and they came up because they were really sick with COVID. So, like, after church, I go out to lunch and I get this text from Joel, and he goes, like, here are the two brothers. Like, there's a picture. Here are the two brothers that had COVID. They're playing soccer now, right? And they're all, They're all dressed. They're, all, they're on the soccer field, and they're all, like, dressed and, and kind of ready for a game. And before that, they were like, <laughs> you know. Kind of, and, and we saw, like, things like that just, like, over and over and over again. And, uh. What happens in the story in the Bible is that the disciples are overwhelmed, but Jesus, the peace that's inside of Jesus, it comes out of Jesus and it overwhelms the storm. It overwhelms the wind and the waves, not the other way around. And uh, the Bible calls that the peace that passes understanding. It's a peace that's not built on our circumstances, what's going on all around us. It's not built on anything that we can observe, it's a peace that's that's built on our relationship with Jesus, the presence of Jesus, the Holy Spirit in our in our lives, and uh, and and we can we can look at the things that we're facing, and we can say, you know, you're not my friend, you are my enemy, and you will not win, you will not win, uh, because I have the peace of Jesus inside of me. God always comes through in his time. There is tangible grace, even when we're in uh, pretty stark circumstances. And uh, you can see in the story how they're, they're amazed at what, what Jesus did. And they're like, what kind of man is this? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I want to tell you, I had no, after seeing people healed in Honduras, Like I had no problem worshiping Jesus. Worship was really, because when we see God move in tangible ways, it, like, builds our faith. Something happens in our heart, and we can't help but respond in worship. And that becomes our witness. Then we go, like, you're not going to believe what I just saw God do. We tell other people. And that becomes, that becomes our witness to the world. And uh, we, can, we, we can't choose our storm. Like, how many of you voted on COVID. Somebody sent you like a you know a, an email, and you're like you know yeah uh, yeah I, I, two years of a pandemic sounds good to me. No, none of us vote like we can't choose our storm, but we can choose our spirit. We can choose the spirit that we that we face things in right, and uh, none of us can choose the the seasons in our our life. Some some seasons are are like yesterday. They're sunny and bright, and uh, you know and uh, everything is. It's just kind of flowing along, and uh, and then some seasons are like today when there was like a lot of rain coming down and a lot of wind and and uh, and resistance. We can't we can't choose our season, but we can choose our Savior. We can choose what we can choose who's in the boat with us. It's really really important to have Jesus like in the boat with us. I want to uh, close. Uh, I I think I told some of this story. The last time uh, when when uh, I was at Coastal, which when uh, everybody was down at the at, uh, the Lions Club, I think, and and I think I told the first part of the story, but I wanna I wanna like kind of finish it off because uh, be, because it's it's just cool the way that God works, and so there's a there was a guy that uh, right before COVID, about a year before COVID. We go uh, every t- uh, once a month on Tuesday nights, we would go to, to uh, prison in, in uh, New Brunswick and do a chapel service. I would take Kingswood students there. And, uh, and there was a guy that he, he came to the – he heard the music one night, and he came to the door. And uh, he had, like, tattoos all over, really scary-looking guy, had a couple of tattoos, uh, like here, a couple of teardrops, which I think means he killed two people. And uh, he was part of a motorcycle gang. But he re- for some reason, he really liked us. He really liked Kingswood. And so he would come to chapel every time that we did it. And, uh, and, and then one night, uh, he came to chapel, and he said, hey, I became a Christian yesterday. And I was like, that was odd. All- we'll just call him Joe. That's not his real name. But like, that's awesome, Joe. And he goes, can I share with the other prisoners? And I was like, yeah, we'll just hand you the mic before the band plays. Like, sure. So I, like, I hand him the mic. He drops the F-bomb ten times in five minutes in his first testimony, right? Because he doesn't even know. Like, he's just like, God is bleeping awesome, right? Like, and, 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 like, he has no clue that this probably isn't appropriate, right? And so, so anyway, he starts coming out and coming out. And he's, every, time, every time I go, he's got this new story. Like, he's, he's, he's reading the Bible. He's making all his own notes in Hilroy, Hilroy notebooks uh, he's reinterpreting all his tattoos. He has a tattoo on his face that says F-T-W, which used to mean like, <clears throat> the world. And, and he says, you know what this means? And I'm like, no, Joe. And he goes like, faith the word, right? He's reinterpreting, making a Christian. He's got ACMD, like, which used to mean all cops must die. Now he says it means all Christians must disciple, right? And, uh, he, and he tells me, He tells me like I'm, I'm like the government's paying me to sit in my cell. It's like I'm in my own Bible college in there, right? And I'm studying the Bible. He's like saying all these crazy things. So COVID hits. I haven't been to prison in like two years because you can't get in. And I'm kind of wondering, I'm kind of wondering what's going on in there with those guys. I have the pastors unable to go in, and you know, and I and I get this, I get this letter from from Joe, and Joe's like, I just, I just want you to know. That like we're okay in here. We're doing Bible studies. We're keeping each other encouraged. There's a gang of us in here, and we're we're still Christians. Like thank you for what you did, and we're still Christians. And I was like, isn't it awesome? Like God knew, God knew that like all the ordinary pastors weren't gonna come in, and so He raised up a really tattooed pastor that uh, looked really scary, to to kind of minister to the to the prisoners there, and and uh, just. Just like two weeks ago, I get this email. I get this email from the, the prison chaplain. Joe's not allowed to, like, communicate directly, and he doesn't have access to a computer or anything, but the chaplain says, Joe, uh, there was like a, a, a copy of a letter from Kingswood. There were these four prisoners that wanted to do, like, classes at Kingswood. They wanted to study the Bible. And so Kingswood kind of came up with a correspondence course for them, and, uh, and it was a letter, it was, it was like the grade from his first class at Kingswood, his first, he finished his first course, and he wanted me to know that he got an A, that he got an A in his Bible course, right? And, uh, <laughs> and I'm like, that's so awesome. And, and like Joe is honestly like, I don't know if I've ever seen somebody like change as much as Joe. And uh, I'm like, if if God can change Joe, God can change anybody. If God can help Joe have the strength to be a Christian in the environment that he's in, in prison, like God can help us with whatever, whatever we're facing. And so tonight, as uh, as we as we close here, uh, we want to pray for some people. We want to pray for for. Uh, if you're here and you've never, you know, like Jesus isn't in the boat yet. Like you you don't call yourself a Christian. You haven't invited Jesus to come inside. Like you you got to in order to face the storms that you're going to face, you got to have Jesus in the boat. And if that's you tonight, this would be a great night to to invite Jesus like into your space and to and to take that step kind of across that line. And then there's a lot of us here tonight that we've been walking with Jesus, you know, for a while. But, but some of us may be facing, we may be feeling the wind and the waves in our lives right now. It's a season where we're, we're going through some struggles. We're going through things. And, uh, and we, need, we need God either to, to uh, kind of calm the storm or, or to give us everything we need inside in order to face the storm and kind of sail through it. And if that's you tonight, it would be, be a great time to do what the disciples did and just, just like call out to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I feel like I'm drowning here, but I, but I really believe that you are who you are and I need your help. So let's stand together as we do this last song. Uh, the, the prayer corner is open. If you need to pray about anything, uh, we got some capable people over here. We'd love to talk with you and pray with you. Uh, And uh, anything you need to bring to God tonight in prayer, uh, we just want to take some time to do that.